0: unbelievable cool ice water in his veins I couldn't think of a better place to end the streak in Death Valley, South Carolina baby God's going down, God's stepping up that's what football is all about and they say we can't do it what they say now
1: welcome back to the Clemson podcast we are days away from the Orange Bowl matchup and life is good Welcome to our first-time listeners, um, Clemson faithful out there. We are happy to have you um, along with us, and we're also happy to welcome Oklahoma Sooner fans tuning in, and as well as anybody you know, curious about this matchup um, that's joined us today. This is our Orange Bowl preview show on the podcast, um, and in this show we'll discuss the upcoming game and submit our predictions as a team here. Um, but you also won't want to miss some of our recent interviews um, with the likes of SB Nation's Stephen Godfrey. Um, and our partner site, Shaking the Southlands, Ryan Cantor, and Quacking Tiger. Uh, We also sat down with Chris Plank. He's an on-air personality um, with the Sooner Sports Radio Network, Sooner Sports TV. He's also a sideline reporter for um, the Oklahoma Sooners, and he's a fellow podcast host. He hosts the Sooner Sports podcast. Um, So we've got all these interviews up. Um, You can find these for um, your your listening pleasure um, over on our SoundCloud page, or you can subscribe to us um, in your favorite podcast app. Um, if you use an iPhone, just look for us in podcasts um, or in overcast. Um, and if you use an Android, um, we're available on any any app there, be it stitcher, pocket casts, etc. Um, so guys, maybe before we we get into this game preview, um, how is kind of this this stretch or this lull um, heading up into the orange bowl event?
2: Well, for me, it's been a lot of fun, and I've actually been a lot less nervous than I thought I would be. I'm really just trying to take in the moment. Uh this is something that most of us as Clemson fans have never really seen before. And yeah, it's just a really a special time just to get to know these the, this team more, these players and this coaching staff, and then also to get to sit back and talk to some of these other uh, teams' uh, fans and the people that follow them, and really to touch base with other, I guess, like-minded sports fans and follow what they have to say and just learn a lot more about college football and our opponents. Um, yeah, it's, it's just been really great. It's been a fun time and, and it's also a cool feeling that this isn't necessarily our last game we could have one more after this
0: yeah I, I've never been more shut off to other sports as I am now generally around this time I'll start turning to some of the bowl, some of the other bowl games uh, maybe to a little NBA basketball college basketball maybe even looking to next year's Clemson football team but right now I'm so dialed in to college football Clemson football and man this this I guess it's a 20-day period that we're having to wait it seems like a 100-day lead up just to start a season it just it I'm, I'm really anxious. It's, it's fun having the national spotlight
2: on us like this and, and not in a negative way, in a actually a very positive way. Now, we are sitting back here. We are the number one team in the country, and we've kind of been questioned about that all along. The playoff committee has considered jumping other people ahead of us uh, earlier in the playoff rankings at the end of the season. And then also we have a lot of pundits not picking us to beat Oklahoma and saying Oklahoma's playing like the best team in the country when they're ranked number four, and they dropped a spot uh, in that last playoff uh, uh, rankings uh, the last poll so I don't know if we're kind of slipping as Clemson fan base back into kind of that inferiority complex that we've seen before we're a little paranoid the people being against us I think before we started this today we kind of took a look at uh, which uh, college football analysts were were picking whom in this game and I don't know it seemed kind of even to me when we did our research but maybe we tend to a little bit more focus on more of the negative things we hear coming out and who vegas picks which you know they're just trying to even out the line there
1: yeah i guess for me i mean i've really enjoyed this time not only to sit back and you know focus on this matchup and be able to read as much as possible but just to, to actually see i think cody to your point the focus of the college football world has turned to clemson here and is focused on this game um, a lot smarter guys than us are, are, are poring over this and have looked at it, so it's been, it's been nice to look through that. But it's also been good just to um, appreciate kind of where, where we are as a fan base and with this program. Um, you know, we kind of are at a, a, a pinnacle moment or a high point in at least my fandom, um, so it's, it's nice to see, you know, again, work's not done. We've got this Orange Bowl matchup and
2: hopefully national championship game to play for. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been pretty cool. Well, and all the press this team is getting, uh, to see the face time that Dabo gets in all his interviews, and it's really changing the perception of him nationally as this former cheerleader coach or whatever they used to call him into a legitimate, Uh, college head football coach. I mean look at all the coach of the year honors that he's won this year. I mean that legitimizes what he's done at Clemson. We've seen this building for a long time now. Now it's finally on the national stage and people start to take notice. It's not going to just be you have to worry about Clemson this year. This is something we're building for long term and you know down the road Clemson's gonna be a factor year in and year out in the national title hunt.
0: Well i always say too, I've said it a couple times, enjoy the moment, enjoy this year. So many different college Teams and then and obviously professional franchises go into what they think is going to be a golden age where they're going to win multiple championships. And a lot of times, Cleveland Indians in the 1990s, Oklahoma City Thunder very recently, you, you come out with nothing. So it, 49ers were uh, one a local team here that we thought was going to go on a, a nice run under Colin Kaepernick. Things didn't work out. Jim Harbaugh has gone. Enjoy it now. It might, it might come back again next year. It might come again the year after that. But it also, it might not come at all. So enjoy it right now.
1: Well, guys, let's look ahead to the Orange Bowl. Um, when we break down our opponent, Oklahoma Sooners, Ben, you mentioned it, they do come in as a three and a half point favorite in Vegas. Um, Oklahoma were 11 and one this season. Um, they won the Big 12, though they didn't need to play a championship game to do so. Um, they are clearly the, the best team there with the fewest losses. Um, and they were, um, besides one loss to Texas, you know, otherwise undefeated in league play, <clears throat> um, that loss to Texas was in their fifth game of the year. And since that point, they've rattle off seven straight wins. Um, Clemson, conversely, you know, is of course thirteen and zero, winning out of conference games against Wofford, Appalachian State, Notre Dame, and South Carolina. Um, Oklahoma's out of conference games were Tulsa, Akron, and um, Tennessee as well on the road. Um, and then Clemson, of course, um, got into the playoff here by beating North Carolina in the ACC championship game. Um, Cody, when you when you look at not only the teams in our conference that we we got past to win this. Or to you know get to this point in the playoff, Florida State um, comes to mind as well. Do you feel like Oklahoma um, standing up against Florida State, Notre Dame, et cetera, are they going to be the, the toughest team or the best team we'll face all year?
0: Well, I kind of went back and forth on on them from the moment that we realized that we we're going to be playing them. So initially, I wanted to say no that this isn't the best team. I wanted to say Notre Dame was better, uh, maybe Florida State was better, maybe even North Carolina. Initially, I looked at some film and I was like, "Yeah, they're good." Um, you know, and you know, back in my mind, I have the bias of the Russell Athletic Bowl from last year. Uh, after watching enough film, though, I can absolutely say that they—they are—they are the best team that we'll have played. I think they're the most complete team, both offensively and defensively. It is, you know, obviously this is not the team from the Russell Athletic Bowl that we played last year. A lot of a lot of differences. Uh, we, we we're going to go down the roster and kind of look at some of their uh, their strong points and what gives us you know causes for for concern, but. Ultimately, uh, very, very good team, both offensively and defensively. And uh, even though I, I still think Clemson has a, a small edge, initially I thought it might have been like a 10-point, 10, 10 maybe 14-point edge. That margin has has drastically shrunk over my, uh, kind of my research over the last few weeks.
2: And I would agree about Oklahoma being our toughest opponent. I think if Notre Dame hadn't sustained all of the injuries they had, they would have been the clear best team we would have faced all year. Uh, I look at a team like Florida State, they still have a lot of weaknesses. And even North Carolina. If, if we don't have the turnovers, uh, it, well, that, specifically that one interception by Deshaun Watson in the ACC championship game, we go down and sc- uh, score again, and we blow that game wide open. Uh, so I think that was a difference maker in that game. So, yeah, I would say that Oklahoma, uh, again, looking down our schedule, they're going to be the best team we faced all year. And likewise for them, we're going to be the best team they've faced all year. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think from a college football fan perspective, This is, I think, the marquee matchup of the initial semifinal. final Absolutely. Alabama-Michigan State's going to be a great game. Can't wait to watch that. Um, But very much, this is going to be, you know, two, it's going to be a slugfest and two very capable teams that match up really well against one another with similar
2: complementary strengths. When I talked about this when I interviewed Chris Plank earlier, uh, as, we wondered as to why that wasn't the marquee match, why they did not put our game against Oklahoma in prime time, because it's going to be a much more exciting game. We, we know what we're going to expect out of Alabama and Michigan State. It's going to be a defensive game uh, with guys running the ball. Uh, our game against Oklahoma, it's going to be so much more dynamic. You're going to see offense and defense, I think, in this game. And it's going to be really exciting.
1: Um, Cody, you mentioned you know this basically not being – Last year's Russell Athletic Bowl. It's not really a rematch. I mean, yes, the laundry is the same. The helmets will be the same. Some of the personnel is the same. But um, when we think about what's changed, for me, the, the the biggest change I think has happened on the Oklahoma side, specifically with their offense. Um, last year, they had Trevor Knight playing um, under a different offensive system. This year, um, Lincoln Riley was hired from East Carolina to come in and install pretty much concepts of an air raid style offense. Um, I just think holistically, Oklahoma is a brand new team off on offense. Part of that also comes from quarterback Baker Mayfield, um, has also come into play. What else do you see as big differences in this matchup this year?
0: Well, you're right. It starts with Baker Mayfield, and he has just completely, it's a complete overhaul of the, of the offense. There's so much more dynamic. And if you think one guy can't make a difference, you'll know, look at Cole Stout to Deshaun Watson and the level of drop off or uh, kind of the bump in performance when, when those two kind of. Uh, split duties so that that's the kind of effect Baker Mayfield's had on their offense they're uh, right Lincoln Riley from Eastern Carolina has come in and saw this new offense They're they look great I mean they they, they, obviously they already had Samaje Ryan, they already have weapons but now they're using these weapons and they're doing it in a more um, I guess dynamic way and then looking at maybe like their their defense it's a lot of the same things uh, but uh, They've even gotten better throughout the course of the year. It's a team kind of like Clemson. We started out, you know, we were kind of shaky against Louisville. Uh, we looked good against Notre Dame, and we continue to get better. The same, same is true for them. They, they, they started off very shaky against Tennessee, lost to Texas in, I think, their fifth game. Ultimately, though, where they're at right now is, is the best they played all year. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely a good team.
1: And I think for Clemson, what's changed? I mean, you mentioned Cole Stout started the Russell Athletic Bowl for us last year. We've got Deshaun Watson going. Heisman finalist, Um, he just brings a completely different look to this entire team and game um, from last year so. Besides that, though, Clemson's turned over almost its entire defense year over year. Um, But we're back in this game. Brent Venables and his coaching staff was able to develop players, you know, lean on that really strong recruiting that they've done the past couple of years and really get us over that hump to be undefeated. So that's another, I mean, I just think we can dismiss the notion that, you know, we can take anything away from that 40 to 6 game. Ben, do you think there's any special motivation for OU to, you know, come in here and avenge that
2: loss? or? or... Uh, yeah, I, I think there is, even though that we may not consider it a, uh, you know, a rematch just because of the personnel on the field and things that have changed. But a lot of those guys that played in that game are on this team this year. And they're not going to forget losing 40-6 to six last year. So I think in, in a lot of their minds, yeah, this, this is a revenge type of game for them. I don't know if that's the best motivation uh, to take into a game of this caliber because Clemson still remembers playing in this game too. And our defense are guys who were second-teamers last year who didn't get um, as much playing time in, in a big-time game Uh, like that so coming back there's going to be motivation for them to shine in this this year and then again on our offense it's funny how Oklahoma fans will point to Baker Mayfield being the one person who has big the biggest reason why their team has advanced and gotten better this year I will likewise point to Deshaun Watson and say well that's a reason for for Clemson and why we've been able to take a next step this year because we said it before you give last year's team Deshaun Watson healthy for the whole year playing like he has this year
0: I, I think that's a national champ, I think we won the national championship. Well, we would have been good, I don't know about national championship, but definitely would have been good. Um, I, I think uh, something to, a little bit different about Oklahoma too, taking on the personality of, of their leader, Baker Mayfield, they have an edge to them, it's, it's called swagger, I think Chris Plink even said it's a swagger of confidence, maybe it kind of goes borderline arrogance, and maybe a little too chippy, kind of like the Miami game, we, we saw what happened there. Uh, these guys talk, though. They they look like they they're good. They know what they're doing. Uh, they're, they execute well, and they do it with confidence. Kind of like you see Shaq Lawson on our end. He's he's constantly talking. He's into the game. Mac Alexander the same. Uh, they have players all over the field that have that same kind of personality.
2: And, and the difference between though uh, this Oklahoma team and Miami, is Oklahoma actually backs it up. So I, <laughs> I give a little bit more respect, I guess, to their trash talking than I ever would to that Miami team that we beat 58 to nothing. Um, but if they're actually showing and improving it on the field, then you know, I'm fine with the confidence and a little smack talk. I think that's a little gamesmanship. And leading up to the game, you know, if that's their plan to get into our heads and to intimidate us, so be it. I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. And, I, you know, you
1: talk about swagger. Um, I think watching Oklahoma a bit from afar um, as we were kind of viewing Clemson's season, you did sort of see their, their trajectory or their, their games sort of pick up momentum, pick up speed. And I think that's probably what's translating into a lot of the first the Vegas spread and also a lot of the the folks that are picking Oklahoma over Clemson. Maybe folks who aren't haven't studied this as much are, are making that pick, um, you know, kind of on merit or, or based on the eye test. Kind of hate that phrase, but that's really what I think is probably driving some of this. Not to discredit or take away from Oklahoma's standing. I just think um, you know they looked a lot better down the stretch than we did, and especially I mean we. We were under the microscope in that ACC championship game. In that fourth quarter, we let North Carolina off the mat a bit. Um,
2: Oklahoma did not play a
1: championship game.
2: I, I think we feel this way, and I think there may be a lot of truth to it, and that's that I think people were looking for an excuse to drop us from that number one position, and it wasn't going to take a loss, obviously. could have been a combination of how we looked versus how other teams were playing. I think Alabama came close a couple times. To, to jumping us there at the end of the season. But, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think people were just looking for an excuse to drop us? I mean, they're not not necessarily
1: looking for an excuse in and of itself, but they weren't seeing a team dominate what were perceived to be lesser opponents. The defense wasn't in, the same. In Syracuse, in – I won't mention Wake Forest, but in South Carolina. North Carolina you know, those, State. Yeah, those games were, you know, closer – too close for comfort, at least for us as fans. So, I, you know, in, in a sense, I could say – yeah, maybe we weren't playing like a dominant number one, um, but I think you saw a year ago, Florida State came into the playoff undefeated and um, they weren't number one in the country. So I think we did sort of defend and um, maintain the, the justification of that ranking by, you know, we, we did, you know, we, we played our game on offense. Right. I think generally um, the last, I think it was seven or eight games of the year, we we put up over 500 yards offense. Um, I think that's what kept us in that pole position throughout.
2: Yeah, and I guess to be fair, I thought a couple times after a few of our games that I didn't think we looked like the number one team in the country either. So to be fair to the people mm-hmm. who were kind of talking, uh, you know, going against us and saying we shouldn't be long there, there is some merit to that with how we played. I think a big reason, uh, a big reason for that was the way our defense kind of was a little shaky down the stretch, and you heard a lot of guys say this about how tired they were, and I think that does have a lot to do with it. I think the 20 something, almost you know, 30 days that we have off between games is really going to help this defense. But I'll also point out that we saw the defense get tired at the end of the Louisville game. We saw them get tired at the end of the Notre Dame game, and that's early on in the season. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this you know 20 something days off is going to you know work miracles, and all of a sudden we're going to come out and we're going to be able to play four quarters without taking a, a breather. Like I, I still think there's some small cause for concern with our lack of depth on the defense.
1: Then I think we'll definitely take a look at the areas of concern that Oklahoma brings to the table and where they might be able to exploit um, some of Clemson's weaknesses or um, shortcomings. Before we get into that, I wanted to tell you guys about our podcast sponsor, SeatGeek, who offers the smartest way to buy and sell tickets to sporting events and music concerts. Download their app and search for the game or concert you're looking to attend, and SeatGeek will search multiple ticket sites online and bring you the best deal and seat availability. They're also available online at SeatGeek.com. And throughout bowl season, listeners of the podcast um, will receive $20 from SeatGeek after your first ticket purchase. Um, simply use promo code Podcast in the settings tab, and SeatGeek will get you that uh, $20 uh, rebate. They have plenty of Orange Bowl seats available at still reasonable prices, um, tickets to a lot of great concerts, um, basketball, football games, etc. So um, definitely check out SeatGeek. And once again, that promo code is Podcast. P-A-W-C-A-S-T, for your $20 rebate. Um, well, guys, when we take a look ahead at Oklahoma in this Orange Bowl matchup, um, certainly the nation's eyes are on Baker Mayfield. I think we've um, heard a lot about his dynamicism. He was um, a Heisman c- contender, I would say. He was not a finalist, did not make the trip up to Manhattan for that game. But um, I would say, you know, among, you can't talk about this matchup, I, I don't think, without starting on the Oklahoma side with Baker Mayfield. Um, Cody, from the studying you've done of Baker Mayfield's games and you know reading, et cetera, what is it about him that you think? Uh, like, what aspects of his his play are going to challenge Clemson the most?
0: Yeah, I, I looked over his film, several games, and I was trying to poke holes, trying to find some flaws there, weaknesses that we could potentially exploit. And frankly, he doesn't really have a whole lot of weaknesses. He does just about everything well and I think what what causes us the most concern is his ability where he generally locks in on a receiver that could potentially be a, a weakness but if, if he sees the pocket collapsing he's quick to, to scramble and then he becomes dangerous he keeps his eyes downfield he uh, can pick up obviously positive yardage or he can find his receivers so just that and and also you, know, you think of him he looks kinda like everyone compares him to Johnny Manziel I don't think that's necessarily a a great comparison but he, he's very, he seems like he's playing very chaotic. Like every time he throws, looks like he's throwing as hard as he possibly can. But he's surprisingly accurate. He, he, only five interceptions on the year. That, that's it's kind of surprising to me. Two of those were against Tennessee. The other three were against the remaining opponents. The, the guy's good on just about every, every facet of the game. So um, you, you think we want to get pressure on him. That's our, one of our main goals. Well, if we do? Does he turn that into a, an added advantage for Oklahoma?
2: I guess for me, I mean, do you think his lack of throwing interceptions this year is more an outcome of uh, Big 12 defenses their cornerbacks not really playing tight to the line of scrimmage and giving them more cushion um, as opposed to something Clemson might do?
0: That's. I mean, that's a good question because you look at the Tennessee game where he did have those two interceptions, and they were he was so flustered in the pocket the whole game, and that's what led to those interceptions. If we can have that same type of impact, that same type of pass rush, then yeah, maybe we do get a few interceptions. The guy, he's just he's a gunslinger, so that's why it is very. It, Who knows? This could be Mac Mac Alexander's coming out party for an interception.
2: Well, we'll see because they're going to be, I mean, Sterling Shepard is clearly their best wide receiver. And we've seen Mac this year take a lot of teams' best wide receivers out of the game. I look at Sterling Shepard here and I find it hard to believe that OU is going to go away from him. So I do see them try to challenge Mac in this game. Um, Likewise with Tankersley on the other side of the field. But Clemson has defended really well against the deep ball all year and Oklahoma likes to throw the deep ball. Um, but I really don't see that a weakness of our defense. I really uh, I have great confidence in our quarterbacks and our safeties. I think where maybe they may be able to start to pick us apart, and this may be a benefit uh, for Oklahoma and, and Mayfield, is across the middle picking on our linebackers in coverage. Because I don't think – we talked about the rest before the defense got. I don't think that that is going to benefit uh, the linebackers in coverage across the middle as the rest. It may get Ben wear two arms again. But I'm not so sure it's going to improve his coverage skills.
0: That's certainly a weakness. And going back to uh, kind of Mac Alexander and Sterling Shepard, for one, I don't think they are going to shy away from from Mac. I think they're Sterling Shepard. He, by the way, that same matchup last year, and Mac for the most part shut him out, shut him down. The same will not be true this year. I think he's going to get he's going to get a few uh, receptions there, and I think they're going to go to him. You know. Quite often, and I think he's even taken his game up. Shepard, that is from last year. He looks a lot more polished. Very crisp route runner in the slot. That's where they're very dangerous. They have it seems like a bevy of kind of slot type receivers. So across the middle, um, that, that's where, like you said, the coverage by the linebackers. Maybe we maybe we try to spell that with uh, going like in a dime package, bringing in Adrian Baker, having Mac in the, the nickel. I, I don't know, but that that is definitely an area where they could, similar to how they did against OK State, they could kind of exploit one of our major weaknesses on the defense.
2: Yeah, I guess we've seen in games this year where our team doesn't have a clear number one go-to guy that we've kind of moved Mack around a bit, but when they do have a number one, that's who Mack gets lined up against. And Venables is very comfortable leaving Mack and even Tankersley out there by himself, which really helps free up our safeties to, to help more in coverage, uh, help the linebackers more. I think a... Not necessarily from a style of play
1: standpoint, but a good facsimile for what we might see from Mac is what he did against Will Fuller of Notre Dame earlier in the year. Just being able to focus and eliminate that that playmaker for Notre Dame, um, make them try to beat us. You know, either with the, the intermediate passing game, as you referenced, Ben. Um, we certainly also shut down CJ ProSice in that game for the majority of the, of the game, at least on the ground. Um, so that's something. You know, if you can take away sort of the the safety blanket, if you will, for Baker Mayfield in Sterling Shepard. Um, can we sort of make them a uni- uni-dimensional team with SmaJ P. Ryan and um, the running game?
2: Yeah, and I think it's a case where if we can get pressure on Mayfield and then we play tight coverage, so those wide receivers can't get open very quickly. That's really going to start to cause problems for them. Now we talk about Baker Mayfield's running ability. Um, there was an article in shaking the Southland about uh, possibly using T. J. Green as a spy on him and to me I think that is going to be one of the keys to the game to containing a running quarterback like that which uh Clemson has shown sometimes this year I think with Jacoby Brissett had some uh, a good game against yeah, us Syracuse's the ball. quarterback as well yeah exactly which that for me came out of nowhere um but I think that is something to look to but I think it does start up front with getting pressure on him to get him flustered and out of the pocket
1: from a yards per carry standpoint Mayfield and you know we've obviously got Deshaun Watson to compare him to with this matchup but um, yards per carry, running is not really his strong suit. However, um, on a on a broken down play, um, that's where he is extremely dangerous and has gotten giant chunks of yardage. So if we're not able to get that pressure, um, and maybe we do play coverage well on on their you know deep stable of receivers, Mayfield can scramble and make make moves with his legs. What do you think is a key to us preventing that from killing Clemson from Oklahoma extending drives, etc.?
2: Well, and. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned that because we all know the frustrations of of having our defense play so well and then coming up on a third down and and you know there being a breakdown in a play and the quarterback just being able to run for you know ten yards to get the first down. I guess uh, one thing that has been very successful for Clemson all year um, from the defensive side of the ball is when we're able to. Uh, stop the run and get pressure um, early uh, on downs and first and second down and really set teams up for third and longs and make them a little bit less manageable. That's why Clemson's defense has been so good on third down this year. And I would look for that to be another thing for us to continue to do this year is we really just need to stop the run, get get pressure on those early downs to set up third downs that are just you know, lower
0: percentage um uh, plays. And, you, and you say it like it's so easy. We just stop the run. They have Samaj P. Ryan, who is just a—he's a NFL player. He's only—he's a, a true sophomore. They also have Mixon as his backup. Sometimes they run packages where they put those guys in together. Uh, those are two very dangerous backs. I, I, I compare P. Ryan a little bit to Todd Gurley. I don't think he has the top end speed, but you, you try to arm tackle that guy, you're not going to get him. So you anyway, know you have to respect the run. What I think what Chris Plink said to you—he asked about the physicality of our cornerbacks because that's, some, that's an area where we could create an advantage being physical at the line of scrimmage. I imagine that's what Brent Venables will, will have our guys do because the, the slant routes, those slot receivers that we're talking about, so much of that has to do with timing. And, and Baker Mayfield is very much a guy that locks in on that one receiver, generally Sterling Shepard. And he it's all about timing. If we can disrupt that while we're getting pressure, then I think that's, that's going to be, that could lead to great things. It's a lot of what Tennessee and what Texas did in, in their games. So I guess uh, talking about the
2: run, do you see this as a weakness for Clemson to being able to stop P. Ryan? Do you think that is an issue in this game? I think we did okay containing him last year. I think he did put up like 138 yards, but if I recall, most of that came late in the game. Um, and even we saw Clemson play uh, Florida State this year. Dalvin Cook went off for like 196 yards, and they still only scored like 13 points.
0: Um, I, I, I just don't see, especially with our front four, a team running all over us. I don't necessarily think they'll run all over us. I think they just have so many weapons. You have to kind of pick your poison. If we can get pressure with four, if we can be disruptive on the interior line, that's going to do a lot to shut down the run game. We don't have to throw in extra guys. Uh, But, yeah, I think we we will stop them. I think that will be our number one priority. We'll make Mayfield beat us with his arm. Uh, I think that's kind of the way that – that's how we'll game plan. I imagine that's the way Brent Venables wants to play it. I think for I think for Mayfield though it's what scares me about him. It's not those design runs like you said, Tully. He doesn't really they don't really have design runs or zone reads as much. It's just that what could be an, an advantage where like the Jac- Jacoby Brissetts were supposed to take him down for a, a loss of of eight, he scrambles and gets away, and that's where Mayfield is dangerous in the in the open field.
1: Yeah, I think his elusiveness certainly is. It's been well documented, and that's that's a big concern of mine. Um, maybe going back to the running game, I almost feel like. Yes, Lincoln Riley has brought in concepts of the air raid and they kind of profile, they're in the big 12. So it's easy to lump them in with, you know, Baylor, um, TCU, et cetera, who, you know, employ very aggressive pass first heavy offenses. Um, but I actually feel like, you know, the likes of P. Ryan and Mixon, I almost feel like Oklahoma's a sneaky, like run first style of offense. And if if that's what Brent Venables decides to try to take away early, um, If he's effective, I think that that has a couple of advantages, first from a time of possession standpoint, um, as well as, you know, that that factors in with something else I wanted to bring up, which was fatigue of our defense and just the way that Clemson's games have kind of profiled all season. Typically, we've we've managed to go into the half with a lead um, and in, in certain instances have kind of bled that lead down toward the end of the game. Um, Oklahoma, on the other hand, is, a, is one of the best fourth quarter teams in the country, and they, they're able to you know, continue to beat teams down with the run um, and come back later on in games. So I think that's something that, you know, being effective or being successful in containing P. Ryan and, and Mixon, you know, is going to be crucial.
2: And I think part of this is a situation uh, where our offense is going to need to help our defense. And we can talk about the offense here in a little bit, but it's primarily avoiding turnovers and setting our defense up with good field position. Um, I I think those are going to be two big keys because, as I mentioned, even at the end of the Louisville game, we were getting tired. Same thing with Notre Dame, and that was very early on in the season. So I don't expect this nearly a month off. There were a lot of three and outs in both of those games.
1: Clemson offensive three and outs. Right,
2: because our offense was still sputtering a little bit at the beginning of the year. So now that our offense is going and it's going to be clicking at full speed, it's really just avoiding those costly turnovers that puts our defense in bad
0: situations. Yeah, going back to the run game, talking about – Stopping Piran, I think the, the comp there, like you said, would be C.J. Procyse, maybe Elijah Hood from North Carolina. I think we, I think we can stop them. Like you said, they 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 get like a second win, whereas we seem to fade away. Maybe that's because you throw Mixon, you throw Piran out. They will wear down your defense a little bit. I, I, I think Plank said it. They will try to establish the run. I think they'll they'll try to do it all game long and try to wear us down. We don't have great depth there. Um, That that could really, like you said, you get down in the fourth quarter, they have that second win, we're starting to fade away. That worries me. Uh,
1: Are there any bright spots, I guess, I would probably point to our defensive line. Do you think this is an area where not only with the interior stopping the run, we've we've proven to be really effective at that with um, Christian Wilkins and DJ Reader coming back to the team, even Scott Pagano gives us some good depth there. Um, But with our ends, I mean, do you feel like with the matchup, Cody, I know you've studied um, you know, line play from both teams. Do you feel like that is an advantage for Clemson when Oklahoma's got the ball?
0: Yeah, and I think you have Shaq Lawson going against a, a true freshman, or I guess a redshirt freshman and Orlando Brown. It, it's absolutely an advantage. The, the key is to get to the quarterback and take him down. Uh, I think that that is the one that could be, you know, that maybe that specific, like Plank said, that specific matchup could be the key to the game, but that posi- that particular position group matchup, our, our def- defensive line versus their offensive line could completely determine the game. That could be the, the number one X factor. And I, I look for them, I look for us to get pressure with four, and, and then obviously if we can lead that to disrupting their run game, disrupting their pass game, then that could be the, the story of the game, and we could we could win going away. However, if we can't, or if Mayfield can scramble again, extend plays, then it's all moot. I think two things uh, along the defensive line for me that
2: I think this uh, time off is really going to benefit us is with the true freshmen in Austin Bryan and Christian Wilkins. Uh, you know, those guys have played a lot this year, uh, but still, as freshmen, it's good to have that extra, those extra practices to improve your technique and everything like that, but then also Reeder, who came back during the middle of the season to give him some more time to really get back into the things. We could see him make a big impact in this game. Uh, Across the defensive line, despite us having some young guys, I think we are – gonna have a big advantage against OU's uh, for the most part uh, they they were very young and inexperienced offensive line coming into this year granted they have played the entire season we saw them make some changes after their loss to Texas but I still think that this is between uh, Lawson and Dodd on the ends and then
0: Wilkins and Reeder then on the inside I think this is a clear advantage for us it's definitely an advantage. Their offensive line has gotten better since the Tennessee and Texas game, but I think if you if you look at those games, and I was looking for comps, what defensive line that they played is similar to ours, and, and definitely Tennessee and Texas would fall under that, and if you look at the, the Tennessee game specifically, it, they had two really good defensive ends that could both contain but also get to Mayfield. However, one of them, I can't remember the guy's name for Tennessee, went down in the fourth quarter. Well, they had held them to three points the entire game. Then about halfway through that fourth quarter, that's when Oklahoma scored back-to-back possessions when they were playing with their backup at defensive end. So that could, yeah, you're right, Ben, that could definitely be not only our, our biggest advantage, but the key to the game.
1: Well, I also think, I mean, to call on some advanced stats for a moment, um, Clemson's among the best teams nationally in sacks overall. Like, adjusted sack rate and the ability to generate sacks um, not only on passing downs, but on standard downs as well. And I think, it, from the looks of it, Oklahoma's um, O line isn't necessarily the best at preventing sacks. I think what you're going to get there is Baker Mayfield's very proficient at throwing outside of the pocket, and you know scrambling. He tends to favor his right. Um, that's something where hopefully Kevin Dodd, from Clemson's standpoint, a key here is can Kevin Dodd either set that edge or um, continue to get penetration, and will we see Ben Bulware? continue his aggressive style of play. Well, guys, let's flip to the other side of the football. When Clemson is on offense, um, we'll start with Deshaun Watson. And, um, you know, Heisman finalist, um, unfortunately, he was not the winner of that trophy, but um, certainly won the Davy O'Brien trophy as the top quarterback in the country, um, very dynamic player. I, I think a lot of attention has been paid to his mobility and his ability to run the ball. Um, certainly had a great season on the ground, created a lot in the last three weeks of play, um, especially South Carolina and the North Carolina games. Um, was making acrobatic touchdown, you know, dives and plays. Um, so, but I, I actually feel like Deshaun Watson's edge in this game is going to go in the passing game, and um, his ability to to hit receivers deep, and also his efficiency as a passer. Um, I think those are those are going to be edges against this Oklahoma defense um, for Clemson. Cody, any specific thoughts about where you'd like to see Deshaun and, and our offensive play callers focus right out of the gates this game?
0: I think I want to see them commit to the run and establish the run early. Even if we even if we can't have sustained drives, we've got to establish a run. But I think just the way that we want to commit to it, they're committed to stopping the run. They'll, they'll stuff the box. They'll have uh, one of their their main linebackers, Eric Stryker, committed to stopping Deshaun Watson, probably spying him. Uh, they one of the main things about their defense that I've looked is they're they're tailor made to stop Big Twelve spread offenses. So what they want to do is, is create confusion, create create chaos. So you don't know what type of formation are they going to bring five? Are they going to bring three? And I, I think if if they can do that and get Deshaun Watson where he can well, he doesn't ever see anything familiar to him, it's going to hurt his ability in the zone uh, the zone read to run the ball. And that's that's part, a huge part of our offense has been a huge part of our offense for the last several weeks. So. Um, that's, that's kind of the, the game within the game. I think it lies with how well will, will Deshaun Watson be able to establish himself? And part of that is, can we establish our run early?
1: Well, and the name you didn't mention here is Wayne Gallman and getting Wayne Gallman going um, as our primary running back. Um, imagine we'll probably bring Zach Brooks in as well for, to, for some change of pace stuff, but I, I personally see Gallman as one of the top, maybe two, two players on the Clemson side in this game. Um, if he has a great game, I feel like that bodes well for, for
0: our capability. Um, another note on on Oklahoma's defense is, uh, I mentioned Eric Stryker is kind of a, a main guy that, that worries me. We saw him last season. He didn't really stand out much um, during the game. He's taken his game to another level. He is unbelievable and disruptive. He does a lot of blitzing, a lot of delayed blitzing, disguising it. I, I really worry about him. He could be the X factor, not just on the defense, but the, but the entire game. And even a look at all levels of their defense; they're pretty good on all levels, from the interior line to the uh, going back to the secondary. They got they got NFL players all over the defense.
2: So how do we compensate for him? I guess um, you pull a tight end or somebody to to take him out on a block, or is this something what Gallman is uh, really well? I think uh, important I think, in the, in blocking in the pass game. Well, certainly in the pass game, yeah. I mean, I think
1: Clemson's gotten creative with. Use of tight ends, um, as well as Gallman's, actually had a much improved year um, as a blocking running back. Um, so I, I mean, I think that that could be a key matchup as well, or containing him. Um, but maybe Deshaun Watson needs to take on a bit of mobility himself in the passing game and be able to move that move that pocket if um,
2: you know the situation presents itself or or the knee comes up. Um, and we've seen Watson. He has great vision, and he's very elusive. And he's been able to get away from a lot of these linebackers this year, so that really concerns me less. I know he's a great linebacker, but I have more faith than De- Deshaun Watson. Just stick to his game, play his game, and we're going to be fine there.
1: And I think the uh, we can't say enough good things about how the O-line has played this season. Um, they you know, contain the likes of – there's a really ferocious front from Notre Dame that largely was held in check, which is even more um, – I think significant considering the weather. Um, you know, everyone's talked about the monsoon or the hurricane that um, the team played in, and you'd think that would you know play to the the strengths of a defensive line running downhill into your O line. Um, the fact that we were able to you know largely neutralize Jalen Smith in that game, maybe that bodes well for what Striker is going to bring to the table. That we we have had success against you know a, a marquee linebacker um, in the past.
0: Right, and I, I think of I think of Notre Dame is probably the, the most accurate. Comp in terms of what they bring to the table and, and what we'll see from Oklahoma, um, I, I would say uh, another part of, of as we start the game out, you know, obviously establishing the run will be huge. But I wonder if there'll be any rust from Deshaun Watson, it, it, a little bit of a time off, maybe the chemistry with the wide receivers, you know, might it might um, again just a little bit of rust. So I'd like to see a lot of things on the outside, some screen passes. Um, just just to get, get the, getting him comfortable yeah. before taking shots downfield. Ultimately, we've got to take shots downfield. That's that's part of our game, and it's it's going to keep the defense honest, helping us to establish a run game. I'm glad
1: you mentioned the deep ball. I mean, it, it's certainly something that Oklahoma has gone to that at, on, when they're on offense. That's the strength of their team. They've got really strong receivers, um, but actually, in the last six games, it's also played a heavy role in Deshaun Watson and Clemson's success as well. Um, David Hale, he's a writer for ESPN, focuses on the ACC. He put out a pretty great tweet today um, talking about in the last six games of the season, Deshaun attempted um, balls 25 yards plus downfield. He had 22 attempts um, connected on 12 of those for nine touchdowns, no picks, and 533 yards. That's on 12 catches, um, nine touchdowns. So that's something that I think when you talk about them wanting to stack the box and just sell out to stop the run, um, Oklahoma's really capable. They're in the advanced stat adjusted line yards, which is, you know, an easy way to think of that is their ability to um, stuff the run, in other words. Um, they're tied for 12th in the country, but Clemson has actually faced several top 15, top 20 teams this year and done pretty well. And now we, we've found a way to move the ball downfield with the deep ball as well. So, I, you know, I just think all that to make the point that Deshaun Watson can beat you in multiple different ways, Um, If they are able to contain him and his legs, you know, I'm confident in our ability to throw the deep ball. That being said, I haven't spent too much time
2: studying the Oklahoma secondary. I think what you see more out of Big 12 defenses is is they tend to give a little bit more cushion uh, than some of the, the higher profile defenses we played this year. Is that based on the athletes? Typically, um, in the receiver positions, I'm not or just the style that they like. to play? It just might be the style of play. It's uh, I don't want to say a bend don't break defense, but it's listen. We know we can outscore you. We know we can beat you in a you know a high tempo, fast paced game. So we're not going to press you on the on the line to maybe you know prevent some of those big plays and you being able to go down the field on us. Um, but I'm not sure that's going to work with us in this game. We've seen Clemson's ability just to pick teams apart all year by throwing the ball underneath and throwing you know balls across the field, and we haven't thrown as deep I think as we have in, in years past as often. So I, I think if they're going to play soft on us on the line on, on the line of scrimmage, especially with their cornerbacks, that that's going to play right into our hands. Yeah, and
1: you you sort of alluded to the the depth of wide receiver talent that we do have. Um, Certainly, Oklahoma has solid playmakers at the DB position, but Clemson can beat you in multiple ways. We've had big games all year from several different contributors. Um, we get Ray Ray McLeod back. Artavis Scott is coming off of a, a knee situation. Um, Dabo today mentioned that he looks great after having his knee scoped. We talked about the emergence of Deion Kane coming in and really filling the shoes of Mike Williams um, as best as anyone can do that. Um, and then Sharon Peak, you know, kind of journeyman senior. Um, in his last run here has had a good year
2: so and that's exactly yeah that's exactly what I'm saying it's not that Oklahoma secondary is bad it's just we are so deep we're not a team where you can focus on taking out one or two guys and you cripple our offense that's not the case at all you can take out two guys and we got three or four more to throw out there that can beat you so I think
0: that's where our advantage lies ultimately again it's as much as they rely on Baker Mayfield we rely on Deshaun Watson maybe even more so uh, he's the he's the guy that makes makes everything go around, and you're right. I think it, it, the receivers become interchangeable to some degree because if wa- Sean Watson's good and with his accuracy, it doesn't matter who's who's running the route. If it's Hunter Renfro, if it's Mike Williams.
1: There's another factor here, and I call it sort of a something's got to give element, um, and and this is actually tight end play from a receiving standpoint. So Clemson's Jordan Leggett had 34 catches this year, seven touchdowns, um, and over 400 yards of receiving. And I couldn't believe this stat when I read it. Um, OU's opponents only attempted eight passes to tight ends all season. Really? Is that? I wonder if that's more of a just the style of Big 12 offenses. Could be their utilization of a tight end in that style. You're right, but eight eight targets seems incredibly low. So it's something where you mentioned the strength of their linebacker play. Is that something that Clemson can try to attack, or is it just going to be you know tough sledding? up the middle.
2: Well, Jordan Leggett has been a matchup problem for for pretty much every team all year long. And he's such an advantage for Clemson, uh, especially on trying to move the chains on third down and in the red zone. He's come up with some big touchdowns and some big first downs all year long. So I think, yeah, I think he is going to be something that if Oklahoma doesn't have a game plan for, we could hurt them there. Cody,
1: let me ask you, as we sort of put a a bow on the offensive breakdown here, um, what is one aspect, you know, if you were... Mike Stoops game planning against Clemson what do you attempt to get done
0: I think well you mentioned it a little bit Ben like a Ben, don't break I think they're 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 very very well coached we'll say that I've seen you on defense they they stay very true to their assignments and I think that you'll see a very disciplined defense from them Um, so they're going to ask Clemson they're going to give Clemson some some opportunities and they'll, they'll also hope that they'll make uh, make them pay with like interceptions and turnovers. They're going to give uh, a lot of a lot of zone coverage for Deshaun Watson. So again, if he can be uh, if he can be pinpoint accurate, then it's it's going to be a, a great day. But at the same by the same breath, and you know, he could also have a, a game where he throws a couple picks. So I, I think that that's kind of just the, the the main thing. And then obviously, I talked a little bit about the chaos and the confusion. You don't want Deshaun Watson to see something that he can get familiar with and get comfortable with. So you try to create as many looks that they do a lot of like three four. they bring five guys up to the uh, the line of scrimmage. They're going to do that a lot.
2: Oklahoma's defense has had a tendency to start slow all year long uh, in several games, so I think this is an area where we really need to take advantage of, and something that could neutralize that is if we see some of those kind of bonehead Watson interceptions or some fumbles that have plagued us here at the end of the year. Uh, and I don't think we can afford to do that. If we can get out early to a big league, uh, obvi- lead, obviously, that is a huge advantage for us. And it uh, could go a long way to determining the outcome of this game. Yeah, big key for me, I think, is um, red, down, red down, red
1: zone efficiency. Um, touchdowns, not, not field goals. We mentioned, first of all, our, our defense's tendency to um, slow down toward the end of a game. And Oklahoma's um, revving up in that same phase. Um, I feel like, yeah, absolutely getting points on the board early. Um, will give us a, a, a better chance at winning this game and, and outlasting a strong Oklahoma
2: offense. And not letting up in the second half. I think we need to keep the foot on the gas.
1: Yeah, and that's something where I do think the, the time off is going to benefit us both. You know, we'll get that fatigue worked out on the defensive side, but um, with offense as well, I think Wayne Gallman was showing some fatigue down the stretch. If we can have him be our, our workhorse on the Wayne train um, throughout the game, even in that second half, you know, extending drives late, burning that clock is gonna be crucial.
2: Yeah, and honestly, I think overall, I, I don't think we're gonna see a lot of separation in the score in this game. I think it's gonna be pretty close all the way to the end. And I think it's gonna be a tough game. And there's a, again, there's a lot on the line for this game and both teams know that and nobody's gonna let up. I think it's gonna be a very
0: close game ultimately. And I, I don't think that them going up earlier, having a lead means it's necessarily a bad thing for us, but I, I, I like the scenario of us going up, having maybe like a two touchdown lead uh, going into like, the fourth quarter. I feel a lot better about that. They're definitely a team, like you said, fourth quarter, really good. Uh, I, I don't want to see Mayfield leading the charge uh, you know, with us up by three. Well,
2: and that's what we're comfortable
0: with. We're comfortable with having the lead
2: because we haven't been behind a lot this year. So again, I don't think there's ever going to be a point where we're actually comfortable within the game um, at all, but just having a lead from the get-go is obviously going to be a lot better than having coming from behind because we haven't seen us do that a lot this year.
1: All right, guys, well, let's let's move on and time to make some predictions for this game. Um, I'm going to flip it to you, Ben, first. How do you see this playing out? What's your score and what are some keys to Clemson victory?
2: I see it kind of playing out like uh, several of our most recent games have this year. I see us winning 37-30. to 30. Like I said, I, I think it'll be a close game. I do think it is a situation where maybe we do jump out to an early maybe 10 nothing, 14 to nothing lead. But ultimately, Oklahoma comes back and plays this close. Um, again, I think as it's been all year, I think Deshaun Watson is the key to this game. And we'll see if um, the defense, uh, having that time off, if that's actually a benefit and they
0: come out and able to lock them down. I, I I'm kind of I'm with you there. I got thirty eight, thirty five. Of course, Clemson, and I think for one, our, our advantage up front on the defensive lines going to cause them a lot of trouble. Uh, I think we'll establish a lead, establish control of the game. We'll prove that Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback and the best player in the country. But ultimately, Baker Mayfield's one hell of a quarterback himself, so he'll keep them in the game up until the end. But we we edge uh, narrowly, edge them by three points.
1: I also chose Clemson in this one. Um, I think 35 to 30. I think it'll actually be a lower scoring game in the first half, and teams will will open things up down the stretch. Um, I know everyone's expecting. I think the spread on this one's six. Or sorry, the the total on this one's 66. Um, I'm going 35, 30, Clemson. So right there around that number, but um, I think they'll eventually get to that point later on in the game. Um, so those are our predictions. I mean, I feel like this is going to be a, a closer game. Um, maybe than a lot of us would hope. Um, you know, is a solid team across the board, and they're a team where I, I wouldn't say that we need to pl- play a completely flawless game, but they don't turn the ball over very much. They do turn you over. They can make you pay, um, and they can also beat you in multiple ways. I think Clemson has shown all year the ability to win ugly, to win big, and to make adjustments to find, find ways to win, and I think that's, that's ultimately what happens here.
0: I'll say I'm, I'm surprised at some of the Oklahoma guys that I've listened to the, the media that are very confident that the winner of this, or that this is the national championship game because the winner will go on to beat most likely Alabama or Michigan State in the in the playoff uh, or in the, in the championship. Guys, any predictions for
1: the, um, the Cotton Bowl? You know, predictions or who, who do you want in that one? I
2: got Alabama winning this one uh, going away five to three. <laughs>
1: Baseball um, score.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I i think alabama prevails i don't think it's going to be a blowout like a lot of people predict uh, michigan state is is good they've proven themselves against against good teams and they're, they're def- definitely a uh, a good uh, a good team in the trenches so that's something that can kind of combat what uh what alabama brings to the table um yeah I, th- I, I, I think
1: to legitimize clemson's program and national championship run here beating alabama would be very satisfying um i I imagine on some deep level, Dabo would, would be conflicted about this, beating his alma mater, but, you know. He better not be. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: Let's hope that's just subconscious. But Well, and that's who I want. I mean, if, if we beat Oklahoma, I want Alabama. I want to beat the perceived best of the best, right? And they have been, for the most part, in college football the past several years. I want to beat Alabama.
1: I mean, I think if they happen to lose to Michigan State, which I think is completely possible, um, you will hear any number of excuses. They came up with some last year and then— losing to auburn a couple years ago Um, excuses came out of left field for those i just think this team is the defense is incredibly capable the front seven we don't know how how strong connor cook's arm is going to be in this Um, so i'm also predicting an alabama win but um yeah i mean michigan state if they can dial up you know enough pressure to um get after alabama's quarterback and find ways to contain derrick henry you know it could be will we see signs of fatigue with henry He's he's run for I don't know how many attempts he has on this season, but it's an incredible, incredibly high number. You know, maybe that could could nip them in a in a long, feisty game here. You I know, think I that's Michigan State's game plan is either make this a really ugly long slug fest,
2: um, or maybe they could come up with, you know, some new schemes on offense. That's great. Let them tire each other out. <laughs> I mean ultimately, you know, I want I would rather have Alabama, but at the end of the day, if we win the national championship, I really don't care who we beat. Cool.
1: Well, um, Guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, We appreciate the listens. Appreciate you guys sharing this out um, to anyone that would be interested in the Orange Bowl here. Once again, feel free to subscribe to us on SoundCloud or in any of your favorite podcasting apps. Check us out online at Twitter and Facebook, um, and we will catch up with you guys after the Orange Bowl. Thank you, and go Tigers.